three, two, one. Movie Court. Welcome to Movie Court, where we put the movies you love or hate on trial. Today, we'll be deciding the fate of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Now, this is not a movie that I would necessarily put in movie jail, per se, but it's languished in some sort of county jail while no one has claimed it. Today, the defense counsel wants to bring this movie up for appeal, and the prosecutor is on hand to make sure it stays exactly where it is. <laughs> on hand is the prosecutor, Steve Kruger. Say hello, Steve. Hello. And the defense counsel, Kyle Bornheimer. You look wonderful, Your Honor. You look just just radiant today. <laughs> you smell good. Oh, gosh. Wow. Fellas. <laughs> Keep going. As always, I am the judge in this case, and I will render my decision based on the arguments presented to this court. Let us begin with opening statements. Since Kyle is bringing this movie up for appeal, you're on. Your Honor, and... Ladies and gentlemen of the court, there is a movement afoot. The movement is to rescue Sir Francis Ford Coppola. I don't know if he's a sir. He's Francis Baron. Ford Coppola. Baron, Baron. Baron Francis Ford Coppola. From the false notion that his work somehow lost something in the 1980s. I wouldn't say this movie you know, has suffered some really profound injustice. It was well, relatively well received when it was released. It did well with audiences. But I think this film just sort of has gotten lost in the system. It is much too forgotten. Uh, an administrative error has led to a 20-year incarceration in the obscurity block of the prison, as you say, or as you said, the, the county jail. And this is an injustice I will attempt to correct today, to remind people that not only is this a very intriguing film from Coppola, it is one of his best. All right, that's the defense counsel's opening statements. We will now move to the prosecutor, Mr. Steve Kruger. Thank you, Your Honor. That was a right fine speech, Mr. Bornheimer. Very impassioned. And for a moment, I started to feel that I was maybe being rather harsh on this movie. And then I watched this movie. <laughs> All two fucking hours of it. I will uh, definitively destroy this movie on several fronts. The terrible casting, his hackneyed and ill-advised uh, attempt to use classic filmmaking techniques that completely backfired, um, <laughs> the fact that it's neither a horror movie nor a love story, and finally, based on a classic book where it tries too hard to honor the original text to the point where I think somebody read a, an SOS Morse code or something, There was the book is originally letters between various characters and this uh this movie tweets it's it's tweets yes it was it was uh, instagram's tweets <laughs> and uh, reddit up upvotes between characters <laughs> you should honor the text but you should not just film the text so on those fronts i will attack the movie thank you your honor i'm so curious to hear both sides of this argument now um, we're going to move sort of in a chronological uh, order as best we can as we move through the movie itself. So since I'd like to open this discussion, um, let's talk about this opening. It's the best part of the movie. If it had ended there, it would have been a brilliant short film. But <laughs> I, I bet uh, Dracula wishes he had a cell phone so he could have texted, you know, his boo back at the castle. <laughs> Battle over. <laughs> Happy face emoji, kicked ass, home oh, soon, way. don't toss yourself in the river. <laughs> he gets very upset when she's dead and renounces Christ. When I saw this uh, back in 92, I thought, well, this is going to be a good movie. Jesus, this is dark and deep and, and intense. And 
then the title card, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Stroker Ace. <laughs> Bob Stoker's Stroker Bob Ace. Puzo's. Mario Puzo's the, the Godfathering of Dracula. And then Keanu Reeves. <laughs> well. A hero of mine. A hero of mine. Keanu Reeves is great in particular roles. Yes. He has a special set of skills. A, a British aristocratic uh, lawyer... Well, not yes. his set of skills. And, and I want to have, I, I want to devote a lot of time to Keanu because if this movie has a weakness that nearly derails the entire movie, it, it might be Keanu. But let's go to the defense now for your statements uh, regarding this opening in the first part of this. Well, it launches us in such, it, it's it, like you said, it's it's a it's it's a feast in and of itself. Just the opening. This movie announces itself so well, and you kind of mentioned and then that you loved the opening Kruger, and then the movie fails from there which I don't agree with on, in any way, but it's pretty bold to start a movie. You don't way. agree it's good at the beginning? <laughs> no, I love the beginning. So you agree in a little way. It's, it's, um, it's Objection. He, he just, just, can, we, can we roll that back? Can the so court stenographer roll that back? Gladys, Wait, can I hear what he just said? You know, th this ties into the opening. What's the first word that comes to mind when you think of Francis Ford Coppola? Anyone? Beard. Uh, well, then what's the second word? Is it fun? Probably not. His movies before this, as grand and wonderful as they are, were not described as fun. This movie, it's just damn fun. And that opening automatically sets this tone of richness that then is, is carried by the production design and the cinematography and the lighting. Everything throughout this movie is so rich. It's such a meal. And it starts with that opening scene. And what a bold decision for Oldman to start his performance up there. And well, let's let's segue never into the to casting yeah. because, oh, we, and we can touch on Oldman first. Oldman's golden era was from about 1990 to 1995 when he had this True Romance. What else was in that? JFK. He's great in JFK. He was all over the place during these five years. And if you were doing a retrospective, sometimes his performances are all over the place too. It, but if you're doing a retrospective of his work, uh, you yeah. have to put Dracula in. Uh, yes, but he is in a different movie than the rest of the well, cast. Well, I don't. Agree this to that is at the all. cast of 90210, oh, and then, a, cast, and then yeah. a, a Sir Gary Oldman shows up. Yeah. And Gary Oldman, and I can speak to this later, as he will be my surprise witness. He's, he's in the back. <laughs> Gary Oldman in this period had two modes he had screaming and yelling, and then doing a kind of uh, weird, mumbly accent. And I've crossed oceans of time. Like he's kind of talking and he's also swallowing yogurt at the same time. So in the first 15 minutes of this movie, and I had earbuds in blasting as loud as I could, I don't understand a word he said. Hmm. I was like, what did he just say? I never drink wine. <laughs> and I appreciated his choices. He is a brave actor. He is a true actor. He goes for it. But when you're in a scene with, I am an FBI agent. <laughs> All right, uh, Keanu, we're just going to put some peanut butter in your mouth and we're going to loop it in later. Well, that's the thing with Reeves. Of, of all the of actors that, that are kind of easy targets to, to rip on sometimes, and I actually also have kind of become a, I don't want to say a fan of Reeves, but hey, some, John Wick. some of his later it. work. Yeah, if he stays in the John Wick mode, Reeves, that's exactly where Reeves should stay. He, my favorite thing in, in this, and, and it's the only real criticism and, and the movie's so great around it that it doesn't matter. And that's why this is different than say Godfather 3 in the performance that shall not be named from Godfather 3. It was hard for Coppola to cut around that. There's right. so much amazing... Dad! <laughs> By the way, we joked, around in, we joked around in Godfather 3 that you couldn't cut around it. You could actually put 
you could re- redub Reeves. You could have his face, yeah. and you could redub this performance with someone else's voice, and Christopher, it would, Christopher Walken with Christopher Walken's <laughs> voice. Count <laughs> Dracula. No, please, wow. no. We have a strict policy in this courtroom: no Walken impressions. Yeah, objection. Okay. <laughs> I withdraw my comment. Uh, so, anything else to say about? So Keanu? yes, Keanu. Keanu. My point is, he does not ruin this movie, and I don't even think he actually. And it's, it's. I agree with you. He. There's because Coppola ruins this movie no, because Coppola has so much cinematic energy going around this movie to, to surround him in. I do love in these opening scenes, though, in Dracula's Castle, how long it takes Reeves to be freaked out by him. Mm-hmm. The first time he encounters Dracula is with this long spindly arm that grabs his shoulder and floats him into a stagecoach and says, come with me. And Reeves is like, oh, so oh, good. I, I was that's I his was driver. For a yeah, he doesn't, yeah, not him. But driver, he doesn't know that. But he doesn't know that at the time. And then he gets in there and it, everything that happens for 15 minutes is the creepiest thing that you can imagine <laughs> happening. And Reeves is just like, takes it in stride. He's like, I'm sorry. That was my bad. That was I, the most, I, I was rude to you. That was the most believable performance. <laughs> a lot of this cast does seem to be on different pages. Pages at different times. I also the actress who was never heard from again, the one who plays Lucy. She married Jude Law. I think she's the one that and then cheated on him. Yeah. Wait, no, he cheated on her. He cheated on her. With the nanny? Was that the nanny That's that's uh, Sadie Frost. Oh. Wow. She's amazing in this. And she has some of the most iconic moments in this movie. Oh yeah. Casting is everything, and this is studio casting at its worst. Mm. This is get me Gary Oldman, but to balance a British guy that has very bumpy skin and uh, is a little ashy. Give me Keanu. Give me some pretty people. Give me uh, it, it it is terribly cast. But I'd like to talk about genre. There is four sort of stages to genre. There's primitive, classic, parody, and revisionist. An example of primitive would be Nosferatu. That is the primitive form of the genre. This is them figuring it out. We don't quite know what this is. And then the classic form is the 30s Dracula with whatever that guy's name is. The one we all knew and watched on Saturday mornings on on television. And then it turns to parody. Love at first bite, once bitten. And then revisionistic. The hunger, uh, the Abel Farrar one. And... uh, a filmmaker knows when to shift on that sort of scale. You know, Altman knew I need to go to revisionistic and made his best movie, which is McCabe and Mrs. Miller. He took the Western and moved it over there. And Coppola fails because he didn't go to primitive. It's 1992 when this film came out. And the hunger is already in the zeitgeist. We've seen lesbian vampires dancing to Bella Lugosi's Dead by um, The Damned or whoever. He went back to classic. He didn't. The, he needed to go back to primitive. He needed and to what tell... what would that have been, the primitive version? I, th- that is for the filmmaker to say. But I was like, oh, he's trying to do the sort of classic version of the genre. A true master knows where to move, where the genre needs to move in its evolution. And this didn't go far back enough. This mm. was, I'm going to put these people in Elizabethan costumes and I'm going to sort of kind of tell the Dracula story like he doesn't want to see um, crosses but uh, he can go out during the day he bursts into flames when they put the cross on him and there's a lot of blood sucking but I'm not quite sure why a good storyteller knows where the genre needs to move that that's what takes the average hack director hack writer hack producer into the the pantheon of a master creator and this was a failed attempt in 1992. We had already seen the Terminator. We had CGI was in its infancy and he decided to put cameras in a real creaky claustrophobic studio and shoot the movie in, in an attempt to not just attack Keanu Reeves and the shoddy filmmaking. He didn't go to the right 
part, the right evolution of the genre. All right. Well, the defense, uh, the defense response. I don't think anyone was asking for a vampire movie and begging for a filmmaker to come and make the vampire movie of the moment. And I don't think this movie is, at all is as labored in in what you're suggesting that he's trying to do. Oh, I'll just put them in these costumes. Francis Ford Coppola is responding to really good material and diving into that material and swimming around and finding the cinematic tricks of the trade to bring that out, I think, in an exciting way, more than he's ever done before. And again, if I go back to this fun element, Coppola, the whole 80s for him was having fun, I think, and trying to have fun. All his movies from Rumblefish, even Outsiders, that Vegas movie he made, Peggy Sue Got Married, and I think it's this being very the, underrated which movie, is an underrated right? movie, and this being the culmination, I think as Coppola's like, just, I just want to have fun, everybody. The 70s beat the shit out of me, and I just want to make some fun movies, and there is no, this is the culmination of that. Coppola is like a wizard. This movie has crossfades and dissolves and double exposure and reversing of the film and practical effects and special effects. Speaking of special effects, he does use modern special effects that hold up to this day that I still see horror filmmakers. I just saw that amazing movie, It Follows. They use some of the like sort of pulling a character back in the frame stuff that he uses in this. He uses uh, effects of the day and expertly uses effects of the um, a practical effects of the other day. He uses shadow play. He uses point of view, cross cuts, severe angles, moonlight, wolves, fogs, trains, back scenes, projections, silk, boats at sea, snow, everything that looks good in movies. And they've never looked better than the way he does it here. He knows he's making a good movie as he's making it. He's passionately putting it all together. It's so rich. It's such a feast that even if it's not your cup of tea, it's impossible to deny. And I don't think he's grabbing at straws. I don't think this is him saying, oh, I'll just uh, try to you know, make the movie of the day. or try." I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He's bringing out everything that's great about a vampire story and making it cinematic. But you used the word fun, and it was not fun for me. There was no joy in it. It was just a sad, tragic story, lovingly shot, but uh, you mentioned Peggy Sue got married. Absolutely fun. A joy to watch. This is labored in a kind of a guy not quite sure why he's making the movie and what the movie's trying to say, but he's more obsessed with the sort of optics of it rather than the heart of it. Let me ask you this, Steve Gruger. Which, which, which stuff worked for you? I'm not going to I'm not going to well, give his I'll case. This, I'll do this to the other side as well. Okay. Um, in terms of going back to my point about casting, Anthony Hopkins is the absolute best thing in the movie. Hmm. He is the joy that is rarely there, but right. when he comes on screen, A, he can act. B, he can do an accent. You've already cut two-thirds of the cast out. And he brings humor and levity to a movie that is fraught with sort of kitchen sink drama. So I, I, anytime he's on screen, I, I enjoyed myself. And to flip the coin, what was something that tripped you up or uh, shed a negative light on the experience when you were watching yeah, I, I would say, I mean, obviously, I, I, I hate to harp on him, and we've all kind of given him his due that he's grown on us, but Keanu Reeves is, is out of his element here, he, he, which is, you know, I don't need to go any more into. There's an amazing move-in on him in the, in the castle when he says something like, you know, you're insane, and he sounds like <laughs> Wayne's World or something. But um, swing. <laughs> he was Bill or Ted. I um, it, you know, but he, you know, like I said, it's, that's actually a kind of an easy fix. You just overdub him because he looks fine. Keanu has actually always cut a pretty cool figure on screen. He just, it's just hard when he opens his mouth sometimes. But um, I, 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 to be honest with you, it's that. I mean, sometimes when like the cowboy shows up and uh, Carrie Always and and um, I forget his name, a pretty good actor. Um, 
it takes me out of it a little bit, but I actually think that's fun. And there's an amazing, there's so many references to other movies in this that I think are really fun. There's a stagecoach reference. There's a stagecoach chase in this. By the way, Coppola's never really shot action. He's never really sh- known as a fun action director. That's it, a great stagecoach chase. It's very fun. There's sword play during it. There's people being dragged. It's shot in the fog and snow. It's excellent. It's really well done. Coppola does so many different film things in this that he needs to be commended for that. And But if you're asking for my negative, yeah. Keanu. Um, Hopkins, I'm actually... I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't. So Hopkins, it's both I, in the casting. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's in that. Which, by the way, is Coppola's was his Achilles' heel in the eighties yeah, and nineties. You know, yeah. this period he just and I think everyone has suffered from it. It, it. There are some dead moments every once in a while when those three suitors show up for Lucy, but it's quickly quelled because that woman's performance is so good and. I just love looking at the sets of this movie, and I don't normally say that about it. Something it's not like a like a Merchant Ivory thing, like oh everything's in the right place. This is like this is really inspired production design. Well, I think that brings me to my next point, which is Please. the attempt to use classic film techniques, and it's complete backfiring in the movie. It was a uh, a conscious decision. Obviously, they had money and the resources to make it look good, but they said let's make it look like shitty old movies your parents <laughs> used to watch on a black and white TV because you're too poor to have the color one it, it goes back to where you are in time when you you make something and i would have appreciated it if the rest of the movie was in the classic sense but i don't believe uh george zucker would have cast keanu reeves as the british constable they would be like who is this hawaiian who can't speak like george kukor george kukor <laughs> some i don't know i don't have anything from the 1940s zucker abrams zucker or, george, Abr- or george zucker sure. or george kukor one of one of the two the movie lives in the studio 90s we must have brand name actors get me the girl from heathers give me the guy from point break and some british people it lives in that world, but it also lives in the, we're right. going to shoot it the way they did the uh, the Great Train Robbery. Like, it, it, it does not mean anything to the average viewer who goes, this doesn't, it, they don't know what we know, so they're watching it and going, yeah, it's good, but in something is not, not there. And I would have appreciated if he just threw everything out, got no names in it, and made this small word-for-word retelling of, the book, but he was balancing several plates on sticks at like at the Ed Sullivan show. So making it sort of a throwback, making it the um, he was the uh, Jack White of his era. Like I'm going to record it on vinyl and release but it. But this is actually the era of collage art and of referencing. This this was the era of Quentin Tarantino and and grunge music. This was the era of cribbing notes of of referencing things. And he actually might have started it, and we never gave him credit yes, for but it. Kurt, By the way, Kurt Cobain would never cut a song with the guy from Damn Yankees because there's a little Damn Yankees. Well, in this. but that's actually not Coppola's fault. Coppola is a little bit saddled I, with what the studio system had become in the I post seventies. So I, am I not actually kind of find it interesting for a, a great filmmaker to finish your great film. Can with, I finish with, you know, Keanu Reeves? This is a studio pushing bad talent on a talented director, albeit his best movie is The Conversation. But anyway, um, it, it, it is not his fault. I am not blaming him. The end result, this evil uh, spawn of bad ideas mixed with some good ideas and some decent acting is what is on trial here. And I think that it should be a forgotten movie. As the culture has said, like, no, this is not... Poor Keanu. I'm watching Keanu with Hopkins here, and I'm you know Ke- I, I love him even more for the 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 he's he's trying. He's man. always trying. He's I, always trying. That's he, what I've learned to appreciate. Yeah, about he Keanu. is swinging for the for, the, for the green monster. But <laughs> anyway, so uh, my final point was that 
it is so observant of the original text, a book that I have never read, admittedly. I'm not a reader. I'm a watcher. I watch movies. So I went to the theater like everyone else when this came out and pretended I had read the book. I have not. But I know it is a series of letters between all the characters. And the first 10 minutes of the movie are letters between people. And there are... I counted like nine different voiceovers, including Van Helsing, who's doing just some other like, I'll uh, just bring you up to speed here. Uh, they say the vampire can go out at night, but it's like an Animal Planet documentary about vampires. But they can, they can go out during the day, but if they, the wear blue sun, if they wear blue sunglasses, they can... It should have been inspired by the book, but it took it too literally, which I believe is Coppola's Achilles heel, because he and James V. Hart, who wrote the script, wanted to really honor the text, and it is one of those... I don't know. I think he takes leaps with the text, actually. In the movie, he is specifically drawn to her because he reminds her of his love from, what, 400 right, years right. prior to that? It's intimated in the movie that she is, in fact, the reincarnated yeah. version of her... His Not reincarnated. Love. She's the same actress that was in the cold <laughs> open. Well, yes, okay. And so. Anthony Hopkins. But I, I don't think all of that is is in the book. No, and By the I, way, I would have just stayed with Monica Bellucci if she lived at my house. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm saying that the movie literally has telegraphs where you see the text and people are reading it. It By is the way, so wonderfully put on film. Excitingly, wonderfully, cinematically put on One film. One of the most exciting telegraph scenes. Yes. <laughs> it's in the top thousand <laughs> telegraph scenes in movies I have ever seen. I think what you're, well, you're bringing up as criticism is actually... Is, is how many movie? Uh, by, by the way, most movies or many movies are fucking adaptations. And how many adaptations of, of movies have you seen that don't pull off that moment well? I think this is Coppola being like, I think it's him loving the material and wanting to to put the best cinematic language he can find against it. And he said, oh, maybe I'll do like a little cross dissolve between that letter and this ship at sea, and maybe someone up in the corner reading it. I think it's him like coming up with cinematic solutions to these problems that I think are very exciting, very inspired, and very charged. I think it's fun. By the way, you're talking about scary moments. The special effects, the creature creations in this are excellent. These hold up 25 mm -hmm. years later. This is now, I mean, the, the, the different ways we see Dracula in this movie alone are exciting. We see him as a wolf. We see him as rats. We see him as green fog. Very hammer movie. We see hammer him as a film. letter. We see him as a written letter. <laughs> he shows up at, as font. <laughs> he shows up as font. Courier yeah. new and sometimes Times New Roman. Mm -hmm. He's a pipe at one point in the mouth of Richard E. Grant. I just oh, he's about. so bad. Gary Oldman said to me, I called him Richard E. Kent. <laughs> Wait, was what, by the way, I had read something about yes. either either Hopkins or Oldman oh, just no. being so frustrated with the Reeves. Was it Oh the, yeah, they that's <laughs> that'll be a side podcast afterwards. No, by I want to hear this, that now. This scene here, which is the when they finally I guess consummate when 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 Dracula finally Dracula. Visit, visits um, the girl from Heather's. Coppola slows the movie down for you know it's a hyperkinetic yeah. movie that he he zips through a lot of the time, but he slows it down when it needs to be slowed down, and it's usually for the love affair part. There there are about four or five different notes and different different turns that this that that Oldman has to make in this. He wants her, and then he stops her from from drinking his blood because he doesn't want her to share his fate, and then she convinces him that he does. She says, "I you know take me away from all this death." You, you killed also Lucy. Beat. Okay. I'll be with you forever and that's it like wait no it's not right oh wait make up your right oh, no, they, they she, can't make up their mind this is like does she want to be with him or not oh, I, I cannot track if, if she did the movie would have been over in 10 minutes she's got to then don't make a movie hog. she's in she's in then love make with the, the godfather four. <laughs> oh, the godfather babies the little geniuses 
Uh, okay, do we want to say any other uh, statements about the end of the movie before we move into our closing statements? Those oh, are two very God. different things. Um, end of the movie uh, comments. They drink absinthe. I saw that. That's so 90s. <laughs> it made me look up absinthe. I didn't list absinthe in my list of amazing cinematic things that are in No, there. that was just the 90s and like, you drink the wine and then you <laughs> see... I, I've I do crossed love your oceans of time. Arways are not Oldman sounds like he's uh, having diarrhea and also constipated at the same time. <laughs> I'm crossing oceans of time. That's a really good. Be with I worked for Gary Oldman. <laughs> I sat across from him and went, uh, Steve, I, I never like drink. Uh, Why? Some coffee uh, from Coffee Bean. Yeah. It's better than. Starbucks. <laughs> Let's go to Jerry's famous deli and have a pastrami sandwich. Move my two o'clock. Do I want coleslaw or French fries? <laughs> I want potato salad. Oh, Mina. Oh, Mina. Uh, okay, so God, this no movie, comments about this the actual end. Movie, of the movie sucks. Um, it's a great ending, and actually, their no. their love story is beautiful. That's how it ends. No, it just she. No, it's, it's got. A, here's, <laughs> it. I will say something about the great ending, and it goes back to Coppola directing everything right in this. When it was a love story, he directed it well. When it was an action movie, he directed it well. When it was scary, he directed it well. I mean, it's not scary the way the extras are scary, but it has creepy moments. Objection! But, he's just being a hype man. He's yeah. waving his hand. <laughs> did it well. No, because at the end, there's a great moment. There's a excellent cross-cutting and suspense during the stagecoach chase at the end when they're racing the racing the moon when they are all the when the but i thought he could be around during the day because he's in london during the day he's so weaker he's weaker he doesn't have his, uh, his full strength he has to be in his earth and he has to be in his home and the, and the sun can't be out okay so okay he's so, in it's, it, so is it a horror movie or love story he's in it doesn't fucking matter it's give me horror. everything it, remember the trailers from the old days romance adventure look this has everything there and 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 dracula bursts out <laughs> of this romance bu- adventure <laughs> <laughs> Boobs, 3D. Side boob. <laughs> Absinthe. Keanu Reeves. Keanu motherfucking Reeves. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Tuesday, January 17th, 1992. Dracula <laughs> hits theaters. Be there. Don't tell your friends the secret ending. What is it, 1950? <laughs> Who fucking cares? In smell a vision <laughs> Oh, God, it's so bad. All right, it's a well, fun ending. Oh. Let, let's move into our closing statements. Uh, let's go... Uh, <laughs> prosecution first, your closing statements. Thank you, Your Honor, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and Gladys working the uh, stenograph. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Gladys. You're Thanks, wonderful Gladys. as usual. You're a peach. There are a lot of things I could say about this movie, but... <laughs> If it were as good as Kyle claims it is, it, it would have become a classic. It is a movie now regarded for film nerds and morbidly uh, depressed middle-aged women who <laughs> think Gary Oldman <laughs> and the Dracula character are coming for for them. More on that later on the post-podcast. Because yeah, we will have a they, there were a lot of letters of women who were like, I am Menina, I am your reincarnation. Okay, it is... Um, a swing and a miss. I saw what it could have been, and I'm impressed with what they got, but they were dealt a terrible hand by Sony, by the expectations of the culture, and Keanu Reeves, who really should just be surfing and shooting people in that order. <laughs> so I say that this movie should remain behind bars in the small town prison where it lies. It should be forgotten, viewed maybe once a decade by a 
a future podcast who wants to rip it apart. But there are far better vampire stories. I think I mentioned The Hunger, Nosferatu, uh, that Abel Ferrara one with uh, that chick from uh, that movie. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I've lost my train of thought, but there's better vampire movies. There are better vampire movies. There are better Coppola movies. There are better Gary Oldman movies. There are better Keanu Reeves movies. Let this one go. Let this one be forgotten. And let's, let's make a challenge to the new filmmakers of today. Find a new Dracula story, find an interesting way in and tell a new story. It should be noted that they just made a Dracula movie last year that bombed more horribly than any Dracula story before. So they tried, but they're not doing it. But that is the challenge to uh, a filmmaker. And Coppola was kind of coasting off of 20 years of success into his eventual exile from Hollywood and filmmaking. But... I think this should be a great watch this, see what worked, see what didn't work, and build and make a greater film upon its ashes. The prosecution rests. And the defense, your closing arguments, please. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be fooled by the fancy words (laughs) of the prosecutor. This is not the film uh, of a man coasting. Uh, this is the film of a man, actually, I think, putting all his 30-plus uh, years at this time uh, of film skill to use in an exciting, fun way. This is a film school in and of itself. You mentioned kind of only film nerds talking about this. First of all, it, it actually did very well at the box office. And second of all, I think it is becoming a classic. I think it's getting rediscovered. I think it's actually being honored as what it is, as a movie that might have started our current fascination with vampires over the last 25 years. This, an interview with a vampire, and some of the gothy stuff, even Science and Lambs, gothy kind of dark stuff that came out in the 90s i think this movie actually might have started all that and i think it is fresh seeming because it isn't one of the only stories told really close to the book true blood and all these other tv shows and movies that have made some some quite well are really offshoots of of that this seems fresh because it's like oh man god that's a really interesting source material and the original mythology is really intriguing i think coppola celebrated that i think he brought it out in a really cinematic way if i want a desert island and this is the only coppola movie i have i'm not disappointed and i think you do well to have this in your in your collection it definitely deserves not to be movie jail and i think it deserves to be out of the obscurity that it's in to be rediscovered as an excellent excellent vampire tale an excellent movie movie it's for movie lovers it's a great crib note on the original material if you want to and a great vampire movie well this was interesting steve made some really fine arguments for elements of this movie that don't work or what was working against coppola in some of the creation elements but kyle also brings up a lot of interesting points where i do think this movie is becoming beloved and i do think you could trace our current fascination with vampires straight back to a generation that came up with this movie. I would argue that if you were an adolescent and you knew nothing about Francis Ford Coppola or Dracula and you just stepped into a movie theater and experienced this movie cold, it would have blown you away. It would have blown you away on every level a movie could. Cinematically, story, everyone grows up thinking that they know what Dracula is, but if this was your formative experience of Dracula, that would have been incredibly profound. Vampire movies in general are considered, ooh, they're so sexy because there's blood and there's danger. But this is actually one of the few genuinely sexy renderings of vampirism I've ever seen. Dracula in this movie is simultaneously tragic and scary and romantic 
and sexy. Everyone talks about Dracula as that kind of character, but this is the one where you actually see it. So I'm ruling with the defense in this case. I think that this movie deserves to be released from the Barney Fife County Jail that it's currently in. It will be released to the masses to enjoy. I, every man, woman, and child will receive a copy of this movie in the mail within the week per this court. Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. You are free to go. Movie Court. Movie Court.